Well, I chose a really bad day to have the game off, huh? What a game last night out in Pittsburgh. Let's recap it next on Locked On Brewers. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi again, everybody. Live on location right now, undisclosed. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. This is your only daily podcast dedicated to your favorite team, the Milwaukee Brewers. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead and drop a rating, drop a comment, a review, wherever you may be getting it. It goes a long way as we roll through the rest of April here and continue this road trip right now as the Brewers are taking on the Pirates for the first of three yesterday, Tuesday night. And man, the offense, it woke up. What a win, 12-8 to as the Brewers get the W. We'll talk about that. And full disclosure, uh, as I said, I'm on location right now because I was doing my other job. If you follow us on Twitter, at Locked On Brewers, you would know that. Uh, I also do stats for sports aside from baseball. So uh, I was in NBA playoffs uh, yesterday. So catching up on the game, watching the highlights, reading the recaps, and seeing what I'm going to draw away from this. So first and foremost, Willie Adamas. Okay, we're going to talk about Willie here in this first segment. I don't want to dive deep into the pitching just because... I didn't get to see it pitch to pitch. I did see Brandon Woodruff's line wasn't great, but there are some things that I'm really encouraged about from this start. Also, we're going to talk about this lineup overall. Maybe this is the start of something good for the Brewers and what they got going on. I was really encouraged by some post-game comments that I saw as well. And finally, we're just going to go around the league. We're just going to look at some some notes, or at least around the team anyway. We're going to look at notes. Obviously, COVID has now hit the Brewers and a lot of the, the rest of the league. We're going to talk about the, the roster change and a little bit about that letter that you may have heard about with the Yankees, too. Uh, but let's, I mean, where else do you begin? It has to be with Willie Adamas. Uh, he ends Monday by hitting a game-tying homer in the bottom of the eighth inning, thinking, okay, this game's going to have a chance to win in the bottom of the ninth, and the man is clutch again. He's one of the most clutch performers since he arrived in the National League. Hits a home run Monday night. Tuesday, he follows that up in his next A.B., home run to dead center at PNC. Okay, take a moment and remember what how we describe PNC, us in the media, how, how we talk about PNC Park. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear somebody from the media telling you about how PNC Park plays. It's a pitcher's park. It's deep. Left center is impossible. Dead center is impossible. It is a massive ball yard, especially for right-handed hitters. And for Willie Adamas, a guy whose power is to straightaway center and to right center field, I feel like he pulls balls accidentally, and I'll have more on that in just a little bit. But the ball he hit in the first inning, that ball kept going and going and going. I, I, when I saw it off the bat, like, no way. That got out? At that ballpark in April? I mean, there's all this talk about how the ball isn't flying as much this season. Willie just debunked that today with four hits, seven runs batted in, ties the franchise record with seven runs batted in. He's the 11th Brewer now to drive in seven runs in a game. The last was Christian Yelich to do it in 2019. And he had another home run later in the game and a big sixth inning as well for the Brewers, a six-run six. And that one he pulled to left center field, more left, more straightaway left. But nonetheless, man... Willie tapped into it, and he had comments after the game with the with the reporters and with Adam McAlvey and everybody and saying, like, hey, I'm working with Ozzie Timmons again, and he has seen my swing since I arrived in the Rays organization. Of course, 
The offense has been down. We've been dragging on it a little bit, quite frankly. Uh, I hate dragging on offense in April because there's so much season left to go. But we haven't really talked much about the new hires, and especially Ozzie Timmons with all of his experience that he brings in to the Brewers organization. He was also hired with Connor Dawson, who was in the Mariners player development organization for a long time. But as far as familiarity and comfort, I mean, the Brewers are practically the Milwaukee-Tampa Bay Rays right now between, obviously, Willie, obviously, Brasso. Now you got Timmons. I mean, the list goes on as far as ex-Rays that are now making an impact in the Brewers organization. And Timmons and Adamas had a long weekend session one-on-one trying to figure out what was going on with this swing. And I've made this comment before in the press box or just with folks watching the game. Willie... Like I said, his power is up the middle into right center field. But Willie looks like he's trying to pull the ball. I don't want him to stop swinging hard because it's a beautiful thing. When he swings hard and he connects, that's what we saw last night. That's what we saw on Monday night. There's a good thing about guys that can swing hard and control it. But just in my opinion, it looked like the dude was trying to pull the ball. When he has enough power that he doesn't need to pull the ball every single time. The strikeouts were alarming to start this season for Willie, and the swing and misses have been uh, adding up so far this season. But he has been getting a lot more aggressive lately, which is something I called on the podcast earlier uh, on Sunday night. But he is getting more aggressive lately. I I would encourage, you know, making pitchers uncomfortable by him swinging at the first pitch so often, keeping them on their game. The strikeout rate is high. It's almost at 30% right now. Uh Obviously, very, very early in the season. Batting average is going to take a few more games for it to recover. But this is a guy that if he has found his stroke here, you know, center field, left center to right center, that's his stroke. That's where he wants to be. Even the ball that he pulled, the double down the line, he was way out in front of it. But because he got that foot down earlier and he was finally on time and wasn't trying to pull the ball, just the swing had enough time in the zone that he happened to be out in front and he still barrels it and pulls it down the line. That's what we're talking about as far as you never, when you try to pull a ball, you, you never really get the chance to do it. Whereas in that case, he pulls a ball because he had a good approach, because he got his foot down on the breaking ball, gets out in front of it, stays on it as long as he can, and he yanks a double and he gets a couple of runs batted in out of it. It was a professional day yesterday from Willie Adamas. Even he admitted he wasn't expecting a day like this uh, after the sessions they've had and how great things have been for him lately. So now he's got three homers in his last two games. And Jeff Levering talked about it on Monday night's uh, broadcast, that the fact that, you know, without Luis Arias, who's still on minor league rehab right now, by the way, in Biloxi, um, the fact that Willie hasn't had a day off at all, and folks say, oh, you can have Brasso there. Eh, do you, though? Do you want to have Brasso there? I'd rather have Willie Adamas there. So with him finding it and knowing reinforcements coming back, and mentally too, I know this team's a, a tight-knit bunch, but when when Urias comes back, I wonder if both of them are really going to start to blossom. And we saw that friendship, that brotherhood they had last season. There is something to be said about clubhouse relationships and seeing your best buddy in the clubhouse every day. Now, he's friends with everybody on this team, don't get me wrong, but what we show and Willie have, it's a special connection, and I wonder if that's going to help them moving forward as far as the, you know, if you want to talk about non-quantitative, you know, properties and things that can help a team, clubhouse chemistry and having a a good friend back in the clubhouse will certainly help things out. Uh, As far as 
the other offense in this game, there was just enough. Uh, 12 runs, and you're saying, what, just enough and 12 runs in a game, Dom? Well, the reason I say that is because, well, talk about the elephant in the room here, that Christian Yelich went 0 for 5. Everybody else, though, got a hit. So, again, I talked about this in Monday's podcast, or rather Tuesday's podcast, saying, look, I'm ready to move Christian Yelich out of the three-hole until he proves that he belongs in that three-hole. I get it. Oh, he's hitting the ball hard, yada, yada. I I just need to see more consistent performances out of Yelly. And I want to say, you know, give him time, give him time, give him time. But, like, it's starting to add up now. So uh, he goes 0 for 5. But everyone else has a solid enough day. Colton Wong got back on track. He goes 2 for 4. Scores three runs in the game. Also drew a walk, no strikeouts. Brewers only struck out seven times in this game, which generally happens when you mash out 14 hits. But it continues with the theme we've been talking about. They are not walking that much, and they're not striking out that much. And yesterday was a great example of them finally putting the ball in play and doing damage with it. So maybe this is the win. Maybe this is the game that gets the offense going, where, as we all say, hitting is contagious in both directions. Right now, maybe the hitting gets contagious on the positive end, because in the last week... We've seen hitting be contagious on the negative end. So it, it's it's coming. It's April 27th, guys. This isn't the NBA. This isn't the NFL where one loss does not derail an entire month. Okay, like you've got a lot of time to figure this stuff out. The Brewers now improve to 11-7. and seven. Willie Adamas was the highlight of all this, of course. And we're going to talk about a little bit of pitching. Uh, we got some clarity as far as what's to come with the roster decisions as well uh, in a little bit here too. But before we tell you about all of that stuff, I want to tell you about one of our newest and favorite sponsors so far here in the Locked On Network. It's Athletic Greens, or a.k.a. AG1. Our next partner, I mean, these guys... I've, I've used them before. They're a phenomenal product. I, as you all know, I'm a caddy, right? So as we're getting ready to start the season on Monday, by the way, get your get your tee times at AaronHills.com. Uh, we need to be healthy. We need to be in shape. We need to be ready to go. And AG1 can certainly get me ready for the day. You know, I'm out of the house at 6 a.m. I got my coffee in my mug, and I got my AG1 right there on my way out of the house. Just one scoop, and the benefits are endless. It's Whole Foods Super source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals. It just starts your day right. And it's so easy to start things off. It's like a multivitamin, but even easier. I mean, the reviews are amazing. Over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Uh, AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's just something you can do every day to take great care of yourself. I felt great so far uh, as we get ready for Aaron Hills to open back up, and I'm really excited to have AG1 in my routine. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens wants to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So you, you score 12 runs in this game, of course, but you also gave up eight runs in this game. So this is the time that we talk about the not as fun stuff to talk about. And again, I'm not going to go deep into Brandon Woodruff's start. Uh, because I didn't get to watch it pitch by pitch. I'm just looking at a line score and his strikeouts and trying to catch a little bit of the condensed game. Four innings, seven hits, four runs that were all earned, two walks, and six strikeouts. Uh, Brent Suter gets his first win of the season, going two scoreless innings on his line. 
Uh, he did get one strikeout, no walks, allowed just one hit. As far as inherited runners, though, Suter did allow two inherited runners to score that belonged to Woodruff. So that's why Suter's line is still clean. Uh, Hobie Milner only uh, faced a, a couple of batters and got one out, allowed a hit and a walk. So it wasn't his best stuff. And then Urania, Jose Urania, really had a tough go of it again. Two and a third, four hits, three runs. Only one was earned. Though. Another error by Colton Wong. I don't Third error already this season for Colton Wong. It's really odd to see. No strikeouts for Urania and one walk. And then Hader had to come in and close the door in the ninth inning. Uh, it was unexpected, to uh, to say the least, to need Hader in a game that you were leading by a score of 10-4 to after six innings. So it uh, wasn't ideal, but the Brewers win 12-8. to Let's get one thing out of the way here, too. We learned that the roster, there's a change made between the Players Association and Major League Baseball. For this whole time, we've been expecting that on May 2nd, not only does the roster shrink to 26 men, it will also shrink to a maximum of 13 pitchers. That is no longer the case. Right now, the Brewers are carrying 28 players on the roster. 15 of them are pitchers. And now a new rule has been released, whereas May 2nd, they will still shrink the roster to 26. So you're still going to lose two men on your roster. However, that 13-pitcher rule will not go into effect until May 29th. So you're allowed to carry 14 pitchers as opposed to 13 pitchers starting on May 2nd. And then on May 29th, it will finally go back down to 13 as they originally intended it to be. The reason they made this change is to make sure that arms are ready given the short spring training. You've heard this same song and dance over and over now a few times, but that's the whole point of this. And where I'm getting at, I think we learned in Tuesday's game, Jose Urania may not be the future that the Brewers expected out of him, but he has a little bit longer maybe to figure things out. It's, In my opinion, it's between Milner and Urania as far as who would get uh, booted from the active roster. Um, Urania is added to the 40-man roster. He did initially sign a minor league deal, so take that with a grain of salt. The point with this, the reason why I lean to keep Milner is because you are righty dominant in this bullpen right now. Obviously, you have Suter. Obviously, you have Ashby. But, I mean, Ashby's pitching today. So, there's a spot starter that you don't have a lefty in the bullpen. And Suter pitching two innings yesterday. Now, he's not available today. Josh Hader's your closer. He doesn't count as a traditional lefty. You have no situational lefties in this bullpen. And that's where Hobie Milner would come in. Uh, Maybe Ethan Small fault finds himself in the role that Aaron Ashby found him in last season because he is pitching great in AAA right now. I don't know if you've looked at his lines. Uh, but I wanted to talk about pitching, and I want to talk about specifically Brandon Woodruff and a stat that I was intrigued about, and I might make the next in the hopper on this and that starters really learning how to throw change-ups right now. So Brandon Woodruff, pitching in the fifth, didn't have his best stuff, still got six strikeouts. And in case you're wondering, no, uh, in Brewers history, there's never been three consecutive starts with 10 strikeouts or more from a starter. So that record is still intact after Woodruff yesterday. But Woodruff, 17 swings and misses in yesterday's game. 17 of them. But here's the here's the crazy part for me. Nine of them, so over half, nine of them were on the changeup. This is not the Brandon Woodruff of normal. You know, normally we think power fastball, see it, hit it, good luck. Uh, the changeup started to really come on last year. He had a 42% whiff rate on it last year. It was his best rate on it in uh, his career. Uh, but that was against lefties, I beg your pardon. But still, this year, going back to the lefty point, this is the, the main thing I want to bring up with the, with the changeups. Coming into Tuesday's game, 
opponents were hitting 400. Left-handed opponents were hitting 400 off of Brandon Woodruff's changeup, which is shocking because as a power righty, you would figure a changeup that runs arm side, runs away from a lefty in the box would be a great pitch for him to utilize, but it was moving more like a sinker for him and less of a downward depth. We saw a little more depth in it in yesterday's game from the highlights that I saw. And also, his four strikeouts that he got on that changeup were all left-handed hitters. I want to see how this develops. And we saw Corbin Burns, even on Monday, throw some nasty changeups. And pitching ninja Rob Freeman teased it from his interview this past offseason that Corbin's been working hard on a changeup. And we saw that that come to fruition on Monday. Woodruff's changeup's getting better and better from last season, too. That can make it. That can help get rid of these foul balls for, for Woodruff, because that's a big thing he needs to get rid of. He had 17 whiffs yesterday, but he still also had 19 foul balls against him. It seems like every game he's throwing more and more pitches just because he's not able to put away guys. If he can add another wrinkle with a great changeup, and obviously there's some great guys to learn from in this bullpen and in this pitching staff on how to throw a changeup, Woodruff can continue to, to get better because it's hard when you're already in that you know upper echelon of starters in the National League. Most other teams, you would be their opening day starter. He was the back-to-back opening day starter in 20 and 21. And so this is a dude that knows what he's doing and he's trying to get better. And the changeup could be a great, great way for him to continue things and moving things forward for him. Uh, that, that's what I wanted to bring up with Brandon Woodruff. Uh, as we move toward the latter half of this uh, episode, I want to talk just some tidbits and notes and things that I wrote down here just observing the game and catching up on the highlights before we do that uh tell you about of course Built Bar Built Bar here we are look it's almost May you can hit a fresh start if you need to get going on the eating healthy New Year's resolution that you promised yourself you're going to stick to this year and hey I mean summer's almost here we're almost there we can get back in shape we can all do it together with Built Bar you can go to Built.com you can see their macros chart if you want to really get to know how these how great these bars are. You will be blown away. High protein and low calories, and yet they have high fiber and low carbs. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 carbs, and 17 grams of protein covered in 100% real chocolate. They have amazing flavors. Mint brownie, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream. If they think something's going to be good, they'll go ahead and make it. It's going to be delicious, and it's going to be good for you as well. So if you haven't tried Built Bar already, you can use our promo code LOCK15. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Some little notes uh, and nuggets I wanted to take a look at here. Rowdy Telez hit a ball 110 miles an hour yesterday on a single up the middle. Man, when he connects, he connects. It's uh, If he can snap back into the form that we saw in the second week of the season... Uh, that could really be fun for him. And it leads into a little point a little bit later here about this roster. Talked about it in yesterday's show that, look, it looks like Keston here is going to be the odd man out when it does go to 26 men coming up in a little less than a week. So that means Rowdy will become your everyday first baseman. I want to see him get more consistent at bats. Another guy I want to see get more consistent at bats, and we've talked about him all season long. He was my pick to click this season, Tyrone Taylor. He's got hits now in four straight games. Uh, he hit that clutch triple to right center field, showed off the wheels. He played right field, giving Renfro a day off, showing his versatility. He can play left, he can play right, he can play center. Things are a little crowded right now in the outfield for obvious reasons. Between When McCutcheon DHs, that means Yelich is going to be playing left. Uh, and then you've still got Kane, who can play center field. And we've seen him make some great plays in center field already. The bat is off to a slow start, as we know. But I want to see Tyrone get some more ABs. If he's got a DH for a day, have him DH for a day. 
I, I really want to see this dude get some more ABs and get a fair opportunity to, to really prove his worth in a bigger role this season, given his role was kind of taken away from him with the Universal DH coming in. He was one of the best pinch hitters on the team last year. He hit over 300 as a pinch hitter last season. So that role is gone really for him, naturally anyway, as far as hitting in the pin, in the in the pitcher spot. He can still come in for a situational lefty. But I just want to see more ABs for Tyrone Taylor. Uh, another note from yesterday's game, obviously 14 hits, great. Know what's even better than 14 hits? Five of them coming with runners in scoring position. They were five for seven with runners in scoring position. That's another example. Timely hitting is contagious. Maybe this sticks around. Maybe this is the Pirates catching the Pirates in a COVID week, and more on that in a second. Could be the thing that gets these guys going offensively. Look, I'm not saying they're going to suddenly be hitting 260 as a team tomorrow. They're still only hitting 211 after this epic performance. But at the same time, you got the Cubs coming to town. They punched in the teeth opening weekend. You want to return the favor, right? So get back on track against the Pirates and get ready for a brouhaha against these Cubs this weekend. So let's get into the COVID stuff here. And then we're going to wrap things up very briefly about the Yankees letter that you may have seen. So the COVID still around, guys, just in case you weren't aware. Uh, Victor Caratini is now placed on the COVID injured list. So Alex Jackson was recalled from AAA. He was acquired from the Marlins uh, this past spring training. So uh, Victor Caratini is out for at least five to seven days, most likely until he gets back-to-back negatives. Uh, And I wonder, just putting this out there, I wonder what it means for Corbin Burns because they were the battery on Monday night. So just putting on a I'm not I'm not speculating anything. I'm just saying I wonder if Corbin Burns is going to come down with it too. So... You miss a handful of days and you come back. And I mean, we saw it happen to the Brewers last season, too. I mean, half the team got COVID, it felt like at one point. You had didn't have Josh Hader available, didn't have Burns available. Uh, it got pretty bad there for a second. So hopefully this doesn't spread like it is right now on the Pirates that they're one of their reserves, Cole Tucker, and their best hitter, Brian Reynolds, are now on the COVID IL. So another example of the Brewers catching the Pirates at the right time and uh, can certainly take advantage. And I also want to take a second, speaking of the Pirates. Brian Hayes is going to be a thorn in the Brewers side for a long, long time. He's hitting 364. He goes three for three in yesterday's game. Gets a double, gets a run batted in, gets a walk. He's always is giving you a tough AB. He is a talented, talented player. And obviously, he signed that extension too. So the Brewers, they're going to see him for a long time. It remains to be seen if Brian Reynolds is going to see out all of his arbitration years with the Pirates or if he gets traded or if they extend him as well. But man, Brian Hayes. He's a darn good player, and uh, Brewers are going to have their hands, hands full for a long, long time visiting PNC and having him come to American Family Field to try to take him on. Uh, one last note in today's episode, quick one, uh, the Yankees letter. So it was revealed yesterday the contents of the letter that will be formally released this week. If you don't know what I'm talking about, here's what we're talking about. So there is a letter of an investigation performed by uh, Major League Baseball to determine the extent of the Yankees and the Red Sox sign stealing uh, from a 2017 letter that was decoding signs from the 2015 and 2016 seasons. Of course, sign stealing is a hot button topic right now with the Astros getting caught for what they were doing. There is a difference. Jeff Passan had a great thread on Twitter yesterday just talking about the differences of what the Yankees are accused of, the Red Sox are accused of, and what the Astros actually did. The main difference you can take away from all of this is that what the, first of all, it's illegal. The extent that they did it using electronic, using 
electronic means to steal signs. If you're standing on second base and you do not have a creative sign sequence, you know, steal the signs, okay? Like, you, it's full reign if you're at second base. And I understand why teams are frustrated with that. Get better signs. I'm sorry. But if you're using cameras and having somebody's assignment in the video room as far as literally their job is to decode these signs, that's messed up. So that's what these these Red Sox and these Yankees allegations are in this letter that will be officially released at some point this week that the Yankees have tried to block and tried to block and tried to block because, I mean, they've been one of the most vocal opponents, obviously, because they got impacted by the Yankees or by the Astros. They faced each other in the ALCS. They accused them in 2019. Uh, obviously, the, the report came out in late 2019 after they had fallen in the World Series that they were using a trash can to steal signs. That's different because... There weren't the Yankees weren't relaying the signs as far as we know to the dugout. They had somebody assigned to decode them, and then they would take that code when they would reach second base and try to decode it from there. That's what it seems like it is right now. But I'm not uh, overreacting to this because first of all, both teams got fined, as we learned in this letter. We did not know that. Second of all, they are far from the only ones, and the letter also states that too. Uh, they are far from the only ones. A lot of teams have done this, and I think the Astros kind of scared everybody straight um, as far as sign stealing goes and realizing how harsh that penalty was. Uh, I mean, it was one step shy of a postseason ban, quite frankly. I mean, n- not having your first-round pick, and especially in a 2020 COVID year, what it turned out to be a really valuable pick. Uh, the fines, you lose your general manager, you lose your your manager who is now back with the Tigers. I think they... I think. They got scared. A lot of teams got scared. I wonder what this is going to roll into. I'm not an expert on this stuff, but it's going to be weird. Uh, it's not going to be a fun week on, on Yankees or Red Sox Twitter, I don't think. So could be worse, I guess. That's it for this episode. A uh, pretty light one. And we'll have more actual analysis in tomorrow's episode, I promise. And Vinny's going to be back on as well. So my name is Dominic Catronio. Thanks so much for clicking us for your first listen of the day. Don't forget about Locked On Now for all of your daily news that you need quickly to get your day started. Make them your second listen as well. My name is Dominic Catronio. We'll see you next time. Keep on swinging. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.